Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host Morgan Shepherd, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. All right, welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking with Rachel Eslick about travel and fitness and nutrition while on vacation. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Rachel. How did you get into coaching? How did you get into kettlebells? Well, it goes back a little way. So how I got into coaching was I just wanted to learn more about fitness in general. I had gone on quite the fitness journey myself. Um, I actually trained for and competed in a couple bodybuilding competitions and I hired a coach and I had no idea what I was doing. And I decided, you know, I think I want to learn a little bit more about this fitness stuff. Like why did my body transform? Um, what is actually happening right now? So I got a certification through NASM just for my own knowledge. And by the time I had finished up that certification, I lo and behold was teaching a boot camp class at the gym where I was working out. And it just kind of organically happened that I started coaching people, um, which is not surprising for anyone that's known me my whole life. I've always been a coach of whatever sport I was doing, coach kids and gymnastics, that type of thing. And then kettlebells, um, I was living in San Francisco and a kettlebell gym opened in my neighborhood. And I was like, what is, what is even happening right now? I, uh, I think I would like this place. And so I went in for my first class and immediately I was hooked. I realized I didn't know anything about kettlebells and how they were supposed to be used. And I was coaching people incorrectly on how to use them. So um, I quickly got educated, got certified um, in kettlebells and seriously have not looked back. I think that was in 2016 or 17. And yeah, I've been like super like at everything kettlebells ever since then. I love it. I, I have a couple kettlebells in my closet, um, but it's it's always one of those they're fun to play with, but I'd never really know what I'm doing. Right. And like, I think that going and having a class and learning from somebody else would be so beneficial because then you're, you can actually just pick up and play with it rather than like being like, am I doing this right? I don't even know. I think one of the fun things about kettlebells is that you can play with them. And it's like a sneaky workout because you're like, how many movements can I string together with this kettlebell? Or some of the movements are just more athletic, like snatches and cleans and swings. They're just a little bit more interesting and fun than your simple like squat and push up and things that feel like you're working out. So that's one of the reasons I really love them. They're kind of like, I've seen a couple like flows where it's kind of like dancing and mm -hmm. I, I watched a couple, I tried to do them myself, obviously not very well, but watching the people go through the different routines, the different movements was very much like dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had people say that, that who are dancers themselves. Like I just did this kettlebell flow and it felt like I was dancing with the kettlebell. I don't relate to <laughs> dancing that much. Even though I was a cheerleader, it's very much different than like dancing. So I just see it as like something fun and athletic 
that you can do when you get into like a flow or a chain or a complex where you're stringing these movements together. And you have to be very much present in the moment with this weight that's flying around. Because if you're thinking about the laundry that has to get done or what am I going to eat for dinner, you're going to hurt yourself. So I like that keeps you very focused and in the moment when you're working out as opposed to you know, all the things that we have going on in our brains 24 seven. And it's very cool that you could just throw it in the back of your car and take it with you anywhere. So like talking about travel, I went on a trip to, I think it was Mammoth and I brought my kettlebell with me just to have to play with while I was there. Yeah, very that's, versatile. Well, when I lived in San Francisco, I bought one kettlebell from somewhere, Dick's, and I would just take it with me to the park. So I'd be walking down the street, like farmer carrying with the kettlebell or in rack position, just to the closest park. And that wasn't uncommon just to see people, you know, working out at the park. But then I would have my 25 pound kettlebell. And then over the years, it's been funny when I travel, I put it in the floorboard of my car or SUV or whatever I have. And the weight that I use has now grown. So I used to take a 25 places, then it turned into a 35. And now sometimes I'll go somewhere with a 44. And that's like my utility weight that I'll use for a bunch of different things. And, you know, it's taken seven years for that trajectory to happen. But it's kind of cool. Like, oh, I am actually getting stronger that I don't want I don't want to take this one. I want to take this one. When you're starting out, what do you recommend as far as like weights? Like, I think I have one that's an eight kilogram, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. So I recommend that people start with like something that's a little bit lighter that they can go overhead with. So eight kilograms is I think like 18 pounds. Um, so that would be a nice one for a lot of people. They can do overhead presses with that, or they just don't feel like that's so heavy if you're going to hold it with one hand. And then I recommend something that's a little bit heavier for like squats that you can use two hands to hold the kettlebell or even rows when you're doing rows. Sometimes you can row a lot heavier than you can like overhead press. So for most people that are like of average strength for women, I would say start with like a 15 or 20 on the lighter side and then start with like 25, 30 pounds on the heavier side. And that way the heavy one you can use for more predominantly like lower body movements and then upper body with the lighter one. That's where most people start. And then three years in, you have 10 kettlebells and you don't even know like how they multiplied like that. But then you're, you're like, like but little I, children. now I want to, yeah, but now I can do a Turkish getup with the 25. Where do I go from there? It's like, we got to get a heavier kettlebell. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah. So I know you just got back from a little vacation and I just got back from a little vacation and me going into it, I was kind of worried about, okay, I'm going to be traveling in a place where I'm not in control of, you know, what I'm eating, but I'm also not in control of the movement working out situation because there was no gym mm -hmm. where I was going. And as far as eating, I was at a wedding, so I didn't really have control of that. What do you think the best things to do to set yourself up for success in a situation like that would be everything like nutrition and fitness or just Start with like fitness. the fitness side of thing. Yeah. So for me, I mean, the, the fitness side of things for me is very simple. I think if we can just 
move more when we're traveling. And I think that's very easy to do when we're at home or we're working, we're like behind a desk for eight hours a day, or we're having, we're doing all these tasks that for the most part we're sitting. And when we're traveling, like we're shopping, we're up and moving around, we're sightseeing, we have an opportunity to just be a little bit more active, which is good. Um, so even if you didn't work out at all, I feel like that's a step in the right direction just to be more active throughout the day. And then if I literally have no equipment, I kind of see that as a challenge. Like, Ooh, what am I going to find that I'm going to like parkour on? And I'm not literally parkouring, but like you can find a park bench and you can use that for some Bulgarian split squats and modified push-ups, or maybe some, like you're going to hop up onto this park bench or do some dips or something that I wouldn't normally do. So I, I just try to find little opportunities to, I wonder if I can get a workout over here. There's like a curb. What can I use this curb for? Let me do some soccer taps or some step ups or whatever. I think 30 minutes of something when you're on vacation is like the perfect amount of time because it's not going to take up your whole day. You don't have to go join a gym for the week or get a day pass somewhere. You don't have to go find something special, but just use your environment around you and play and have fun and like move your body in a way that feels really good. So really just getting curious and experimenting with what's available to you and like not feeling like you have to follow a specific workout or plan or do specific weights, but just playing with what's available to you. And I think that comes naturally to me because I'm a movement person. So I see it as like a fun opportunity, but I know for my clients or people that aren't necessarily thinking in that realm or they're not movement people. It's like, oh crap, I don't have my gym or I don't have my personal training session or I don't have my whatever. I guess I won't do anything or I literally don't know what to do. And so that's why, you know, I've curated some workouts for people. When you travel, here's a list of things that you can do. If you have no equipment, do this. If you have a kettlebell, do this. If you have access to some dumbbells, you can do this. Cause I know that for me, like I want to be creative, but other people, they're like, no, just tell me what to do because I don't have the bandwidth or the brain space to want to figure this out. I'm on vacation. Just tell me what to do that takes 20, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. It's like when you go on vacation, you don't have that safety blanket of the gym or of the, the trainer workout. And so creating this thing that we're here, actually here to talk about, which I didn't, yeah. I didn't bring up, but uh, we, we have created a stay fit travel toolkit, me and Rachel, and we're going to be launching it this Thursday, but it's got a bunch of those different workouts that you talked about. And it's kind of like that safety blanket that you can take with you. So you don't feel like you don't know what you're doing and you have to make it up as you go. So even though we, we have that curiosity, we can create it for you. So you still have that safety blanket. And maybe you um, feel the same way too, when you're like going to a new restaurant or you're going somewhere, you're like, cool, what's on this menu? I wonder how I can still, you know, have a really delicious meal and not feel like crap afterwards. Maybe that's something fun for you that might be daunting or scary for other people. Like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to eat if I don't have all my usual options available to me in my kitchen. Totally. I mean, I, we've been doing this for so long. It's sort of like innate in our in our functioning that we just like, okay, we look at a menu and we're like, these are the things that I can eat. This has protein. This has, doesn't have protein. That means I need to add protein. But that's why we created this guide so that you could like have those tips with you and not feel panicked. Because I know a lot of us come up against resistance of like, well, I don't, 
I'm in a new place. I don't know how to do any of this. But you do know how to do it. You just are afraid and you are resistant to trying something new and experimenting and trusting that you can figure it out. A lot of it, I think, is based in self-trust. 100%. Look at you using those like mindset Jedi tools. <laughs> you know it. That's what I do. <laughs> Well, and I think a lot of people that are, you know, if someone has hired you or me, it's because they want to feel better, look better, function better in the world. And I think sometimes a vacation or a trip or something is a motivator. They're like, I'm going to this place, to this wedding. I don't want to look at these pictures and feel sad, or I don't want to like, you know, I don't, I don't want to like look back at this time and be like, I wasn't comfortable in my body. And so they use these trips as a motivation to get into shape or to lose some extra weight or whatever. And then there's, they're ready to go on this trip. And instead of it being like a hooray, I've made it. It's like, oh no, now what am I going to do to not sort of like ruin all of this progress that I've made over the six months or year leading up to it? Yeah, I have one client who recently went on a trip and they were very nervous because they were not going to be able to track and they'd been tracking their macros for a while and feeling pretty confident in that. But then they're in this new situation, staying at someone else's house where they don't have control of what they're eating. And then they went to a hotel where they also didn't have control because there was like a buffet and all of these things. And we had a conversation before they left talking about just how to have a better mindset going into it that it's okay if you fuck up. Like, you're not going to derail all your progress on one little trip. I mean, if your trip is like three months, maybe, but <laughs> not on a short little trip. I like to look at it like a challenge of like, how can I learn from this experience rather than like objecting to it and resisting and fighting and being afraid how can i lean into that and be like oh this is exciting and different how can i use all of the skills that i've developed to get to a, a place where i feel comfortable what are some things that you think about before you go on a trip like i know you had mentioned like packing a couple things to bring with you that you might might make you feel more secure as far as like working out and getting in movement. Yeah. So I think um, for movement, I mean, if, even if you just have one thing, I would not. And I, I write about this a little bit in the actual toolkit that I have a trainer friend who I've met through Instagram and we're working on a program together. And she literally brings like an entire cart of fitness things with her. Like she brought a pull-up bar to put in a door frame. She brought multiple kettlebells, bands. I mean, she had a lot of stuff and that's amazing. I think she's crazy, but like crazy in a good way, but that's not for everyone, right? Like for a lot of us, our space is limited. We don't need to bring 400 kettlebells with us on a road trip. Um, so I think that if you can bring a kettlebell, like a utility weight kettlebell, awesome. If it's a driving trip or something like that, if you're flying and you don't have a lot of space in your luggage, maybe a resistance band that has handles. That's great. It literally weighs nothing and you can just squish it up really small. Um, I have some sandbags that if I'm going on a beach vacation, they have a handle on them. It's like a sandbag kettlebell and it comes in a package of two. So you can fold that up in your bag. When you get to where you're going, you can fill it up with sand and it can be as little as 15 pounds or as much as 25 pounds, depending on how much sand you put into it. 
and I just eyeball it. I'm like, eh, this feels good. And then when you're done, you dump it and you repack it. And I've used those for about the last year, year and a half, and they've held up really well and they don't have sand flying in your face when you're using them. So between those things and just body weight, I think you can find stuff to do that's going to keep you occupied. And these workouts that you're doing when you're on vacation, they're not going to be like, you're not PRing. You're not having like the greatest workout of your entire life. You're just checking the box. It's just something to do to move your body, flex your muscles, get that blood flowing, get your heart rate up a little bit check the box and move on. Some people travel with a lot of things and some people travel with the bare minimum and how yeah. you got, you need to figure out what's going to work for you and like yeah. having all the things versus not having all the things. Honestly, yeah. for me, I would have, I would rather have like maybe one or two things like a band and a kettlebell and that's it. And then not stress about it because yeah. vacations are supposed to be fun anyways. But yeah. And I think if you have a tool then you're fine. You don't need to have all of the dumbbells and all of the kettlebells and all of the bands, like a band. Cool. Just body weight. Fine. I could build a whole workout out of like a stick, right? So as long as someone has something or they're committed to just doing a body weight exercise workout, then we're fine. But I don't think people need to bring everything. If you want to have something because you really get sick of squats and push-ups, body weight, then like bring a band, especially if you're on a flight or if you're going to a beach vacation and you can bring that sandbag that you can fill up with sand. Awesome. Are you one of those people who like makes a plan and says, okay, I'm on a trip for four days. I'm going to work out on these days. And that's when I'm going to do the thing for like 30 minutes. Or are you one of those people where you're like, I'm going to go with the flow. And if I have 30 minutes here, then I'm going to do a little workout. Yeah. Which one? I'm definitely the second one. And what usually ends up happening um, with me and my husband, and we have a daughter too, is we'll trade off. Like, do you want to work out now or do you want to work out later? And one of us will watch the kid, the other one will work out and vice versa. It typically happens on a regular basis. But if we have an excursion planned or we're meeting up with friends or something, then that's fine too. But yeah, I definitely am not planning out my workouts when I'm going on vacation. It's more just like, what do I have time for? What do I feel like doing? What fits in with whatever else we have going on as a family or as a you know group of friends together. I think that's a great attitude. Um, I would say as far as like on the nutrition side of things, it can sometimes help to be a little bit more strategic just because when you make a plan, then you can feel more comfortable and secure and you're not like stressing about it because you have that confidence because you're like, okay, I sat down and I made a plan of like, I know if I go to a restaurant, I know how to pick things off a menu so that I can eat them in a way that I feel is going to still support my goals. Or like if you're going on a road trip and it's six hours and you're trying to plan, you know, what snacks to pack and what bars to bring all of those things. If you just go into it willy nilly and like go to a Seven Eleven and you're like, okay, what do I buy? And you don't have a plan. You're going to end up with the chips and the Oreos and like all of the things that you're like, maybe not. So yeah. that's why on our travel toolkit, we threw in the nutrition section where I break down a shopping list of ideas of what you can buy at convenience stores and like little grocery stores along the way, what you can get, yeah. you get there. Yeah. I, for, for my clients, yes, they always want to know like, what should I pack for my road trip? I mean, that's like a very common question. Like what protein bars should I have? 
What snacks should I bring? And you have laid out an amazing shopping list of so many different items. Like if you have a refrigerator, you can consider these things. If you don't consider packing some of these things. And I love that because I feel like this resource is something that I have wanted to have personally and for my clients for years. And finally, it's all in one place. And we can add to it if we want to, or we can refine it. You know, if someone wants it today, it might look slightly different a year from now when they go back and like, oh, they added to it. There's more workouts. There's more ideas of restaurant options or alcohol options, stuff like that. It can, especially if we get feedback from people who do buy it and they're like, oh, I went on a trip and I actually used this in this place and this was available here. And like, that kind of thing. And one of the things that one of my clients was talking about recently was like, she's going on vacation and she's like, should I intermittent fast? Should I just plan on doing like lunch and dinner so I can save more calories for dinner? And what I told her was to like go with the flow, but if you, they have kids, so I'm like, if your kids need to eat breakfast, then maybe don't fast while you're at a restaurant place for breakfast. But maybe that's your main meal for like the morning slash early afternoon. And then maybe you do an earlier dinner because when you're eating at restaurants, you know, there it is larger portions. You know, we're not eating these like smaller three, four, 500 calorie meals that we might eat more frequently throughout the day when we're at home. You might be eating, you know, larger quantities at restaurants, but you don't necessarily need to go eat out three times a day when you're on vacation. Do you agree? So it's funny you bring that up because as a kid, Traveling with my family, literally all we did was travel from one restaurant to another restaurant. <laughs> and our entire trip was based on where are we eating next? Even if we were like, we would be at lunch, sitting, eating our meal, thinking about where we were going to go for dinner. But now that I'm an adult and I do my own travel, I still sort of base my travel around where I'm going to eat because I love to eat. And so obviously, but I make sure that I like plan it strategically. So like if I'm going to have the big meal of the day is going to be lunch, I will probably take half of that home with me to a fridge or a little cooler or something like that. Or I'm even going to share it with the people that I'm with. And also realize like, I don't have to have an appetizer at every meal. I don't have to have dessert every time I go out at a restaurant. I know uh, with Moderation 365 and that whole journey, a lot of that is focusing on like, you can have dessert, but you don't have to have it every day. And you don't have to lean into those special occasions. Like we have this whole idea of special occasion syndrome, where just because we are out somewhere traveling, we have to have the thing that's available. So obviously we could have it, but we don't have to have it. And I think a lot of the planning that goes into figuring out what your nutrition is going to be like on vacation comes from realizing that just because something's available doesn't mean you have to have it. Very but, much. Yeah. 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 But if you're like in a place, say you're in, you're at the coast and you're like, the fish here is amazing or they have a special thing there, like, cool, do that. But you probably don't also need to do like everything else that's on the menu, like have that special thing that is mostly available there and then stop when you're full. And sometimes when you lean into something super hard, then you get over it pretty quickly too, you know? 
Yep. Something else I noticed just because I've been in food service for so long is that a lot of times you'll go to a restaurant and the food is really, really good because they spend a lot of money on the chef, but nobody spends a lot of money on the pastry chef. So desserts are never going to be as good as you think they're going to be. <laughs> I have this problem because I will still order dessert because I'm like, oh, I want dessert. It's going to be great. And then I get it and I'm like, this is not that great. But maybe I'm just spoiled. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I don't think I know the difference. Yeah, I'm like, ice cream's good everywhere. True, true. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I get a chocolate cake and I'm like, this could be better. Yeah, for sure. And then you kind of regret it and you're like, well, why did I eat this? So my tool for that is if you're going to get dessert, share it with everybody at the table because then if it's not that good, they can eat it. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how versatile this product is that we're launching. It's digital. So you can have access to it immediately after you purchase it and you can see it on your computer and you can download the... It's all housed on a program that is for course development or for teaching things. So I know a lot of personal trainers and nutrition people, content creators use this platform to deliver their courses and information. And there's an app associated with it too. So as long as people download the app that's associated, all the information that is on your desktop computer is also available to you on your phone, which is really nice when you're traveling and maybe you don't want to bring your desktop or your laptop or like a giant monstrosity. So it's very versatile. It's very kind of go anywhere with you. And like we said, like I might add some workouts to it over time. We might add things to it. So it's not like a physical item that you buy and and it never changes and it slowly gets old and you throw it away. Like this thing is going to be good forever. Yeah. I have never used the app portion of it until we started doing this project. So it was super exciting for me to be able to be like, because I played with it, obviously, before we launched it. And I was like watching your videos of the workouts on my phone and doing them. And it was great. But I like the ability to take it with you anywhere so that, you know, even though I have a shopping guide and you could print it out, you don't have to. Like it's on your phone. You could take it with you to the grocery store and to the convenience store, wherever you are, and just be like, oh, yeah, I got it. We're good. Or like if you're going into a buffet situation or fast food place, like I know Morgan had a guide for this but I don't remember. You can pull it up on your phone and it's right there to kind of coach you through whatever situation you're in. If you're not exactly sure how to handle it. I did have a section about like different alcohols that are like lighter in calories or some light beers that are better for you, not better for you, but you know, healthier ish for you. Yeah. And what you could choose as far as like that. Yes. And people always want to know, they're like, what should I drink? I'm like, what do you want to drink? What's going to give you the least hangover? Water. (laughs) So tell me just a little bit about what your coaching experience is like. Like, who do you work with right now? So I work with um, a lot of women, not a particular age range, but more just 30s to 70s, really. Um, I work with people that want to get strong, that don't mind using a kettlebell to accomplish that goal. I work with people in a membership capacity. So we work out together four to five times per week in a group environment. It's a Zoom workout. If they're not there live in person or on Zoom, then they have access to the recording. I work out with people in a one-on-one capacity. 
capacity here in my studio at home in Fresno, California, sometimes on Zoom with people too. Yeah, we just work on getting stronger, getting a little bit more fit and having fun. Love it. So basically, when you sign up for the Stay Fit Travel Toolkit, it's like we get you in your little pocket. We can take you anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Just what everyone always wanted. So just a couple little pointers. The Stay Fit Travel Toolkit has two main sections. We have a section on nutrition and we have a section on fitness. The fitness one obviously has all the workouts and a little bit about like what you should bring. And then the nutrition section has a little bit about some tips for how to eat at restaurants and fast food places with some options that you could choose from and a shopping guide for what you could buy at convenience stores or grocery stores or if you when you get there, what you can buy at the market and a couple general tips on like what TSA allows in airports, because I know that's a big thing now. Um, it's actually a lot more than you would think. Like I know people are like no liquids, but no liquids of three ounces or more, but you can bring an entire meal. Like you could go to Chipotle and bring a burrito and that's allowed on a plane. You know, maybe not the salsa, but <laughs> um, and we also have like a couple tips on mindset to prepare your brain for going on vacation so you're not as stressed about it and you can be more confident, but also when you come back. And I'm curious, how do you like when you come back from a vacation, what's your mode of operandi? Like, how do you deal with that getting back in routine vibe? So I just went to Vegas and destroyed my body. And it never fails. The second I come home, what I want to eat and drink is like a protein smoothie. So I have all of these different recipes that I've created over the last couple of years. And they have, you know, water or coconut water or almond milk, some sort of liquid. They have protein powder. There's usually some yogurt in there and then like frozen fruit and vegetables. And then sometimes a fat source too. And I swear, like when I come home, I am craving that hydration, the infusion of protein, the fiber from the fruits and vegetables, like without fail. And I always have that stuff in my freezer, in my pantry, like it's always there. So yeah, within like moments of stepping in the door, I typically make myself a protein smoothie and it kind of just sets the tone for like, hey, we're coming back and we're going to hit the ground running wherever I left off. And I think for my clients, I feel like sometimes it takes them like a week or even two weeks to get their feet back underneath them to go to the grocery store to plan out their meals again. But for me, I can't wait. Like I am excited to start eating and drinking uh, like healthy foods again to feel my best. Cause I know when I'm not eating and drinking the way that I normally do, it really like, it really sucks. So I try to get back to it as soon as possible. And that's the first thing I do to really lay the groundwork for like digestion is going to start working again. And you're just going to start like feeling like a normal person. So that's yeah. how I I I would totally agree with doing that. I like a green juice personally, just because I feel like when I'm on vacation, I'm eating all these things that are heavier than I'm used to eating. And I know one of the things that scares a lot of people is that when they come back, the scale is probably going to be up. And that's not because they've necessarily gained weight. It's just their digestion is off. They are probably carrying a lot more water and like you probably feel bloated and uncomfortable. And that might last for, like you said, one to two weeks. And, you know, 
taking the steps within the first couple of days of coming back to reset everything, that's going to be key. Yeah. So I talked a little bit about that in the toolkit. Yeah. And I think that I think the last thing I want with this toolkit is to scare people like you have to have this if you're going to go on vacation, like you have to eat really well and you have to make sure you work out every day. I am not a proponent of that. I think that we should all cut loose and have fun and relax and just kind of live the life. But I know from my client's experience and even my own experience kind of in the early days of my own transformation, it can be scary to know what to do. So I just want to give people a the permission to like chill out if you want to like you do not have to be all regimented when you're on vacation or when you're traveling or whatever but if you go on vacation a lot if you travel for work a lot if you're just generally out of your routine a lot i think this can be very helpful to just kind of get your mind right to get some tools that you can use all the time no matter where you are and not feel like you're starting back over each time you come home from like a trip. I love that. Obviously, I'm a raver. Everybody knows that. And so I'm all about cutting loose and having fun and having a good time. And so that's why, you know, we made this, this guide is kind of like a safety blanket, like I said before. So like you can, you can you can use it if you want to or not, but parts of it can help make you feel confident that when you do come back, you're not going to be, you know, 10 pounds heavier. Right. And I um, wouldn't even step on the scale upon yeah. coming home for like a week anyways. Why would you do that to yourself? Just let things sort of iron themselves out naturally. And then if you really want to get on the scale, do it in a week. But yeah, I'm not trying to look at that thing anytime soon. <laughs> One fun tidbit that I learned recently that I want to throw out there is that the part of our brain that creates habits and then the part of the brain that is more like deliberate when we're making choices, we're going to behave in this certain way. We're going to do this. I, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. Those two parts of our brain are separate parts. Like they light up differently. And when one of them is activated, the other one is kind of being suppressed. So one cool thing about when you go on vacation, everything in your environment is new and environment is a very strong factor when you're creating habits. So if your environment is new, everything is new, which means that the part of your brain that is lighting up is not your habit brain. It's not a technical term, but, and when your habit brain is not lit up, then your other brain is going to be more deliberate and you're going to be able to use your prefrontal cortex more so that when you're on vacation, it's actually easier for you to start creating new habits because that deliberate part of your brain is the part that's more available to be activated. Hopefully that makes sense. I'm not a scientist, but it was just, it was a thing I learned last week and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I should share it. No, that's really cool because I think people automatically assume that they're just going to descend into the depths of indulgence when they're on vacation. But that's not necessarily a thing. And it makes complete sense because you're in a new environment. You're not just drawn to where you know the Oreos live every time you go into your pantry. It's like, I'm in a new place. What sounds good while I'm here? Exactly. A clean slate. So one of the things I love to ask all of my podcast guests before we wrap up is what are the top three things that you're doing to feed your health? Poof. Um, working on my strength. 
all the time. So just trying to be stronger, 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 trying to get as much sleep as I possibly can. I'm always like thinking about that, trying to do the things that I can to recover and just trying to like have fun too. I take my daughter to the park and while she's there, I try to play too. So making like healthy activity fun for all of us, play in the pool, play at the park, get more steps in and movement in while you're having playtime. I love that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking about this new product experience that we're launching. And I will post all of the information in the show notes about the toolkit, but also about Rachel and how you can get in touch with her and get some coaching from her because I think what she's offering is super exciting. And thank you so much for listening. As Thank always, you for having me. See you next time. Thank you.